Hello and welcome to our first podcast for the Revenue Growth Platform Project. With you today we have myself, Jan Ropponen. And Sami Lampinen here. And we're going to be discussing a lot of things today. First and foremost, why we're starting this project and what we're going to be doing in the coming months. So we're, we're also going to be talking about uh, changing business models and how customers have been changing and specifically how these changes have been impacting B2B companies. That's what we're going to be going through in this first podcast. So first of all, Sami, why revenue growth platform, these three magical words? Why did we choose them? The revenue growth platform, actually, the idea came, we started to discuss about this uh, last spring when you launched your own company and uh, we were having discussions about businesses and how do they operate their marketing, sales, customer experience, customer service management, and uh, maybe what could they do differently. And what they could do differently by using advantage of the new technology, new ways of working, uh, something that we have seen and perhaps the best companies here have been adopting from, from super high growth companies but something like uh, automation and digital that could be used and then could be put as a framework that could be utilized by other companies. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. It came up in our discussions that, you know, before uh, in history, a, a B2B company, if you, had a, if you were an extremely good sales organization, you had to have extremely good salespeople now a lot of B2B companies are actually gaining a competitive advantage from their operating model, from the way they're working, from the way they're set mm -hmm. up. We kind of yeah. go back to the Henry Ford thinking of producing cars. Instead of having a lot of people doing a lot of different things, we move into specific roles. And that's where we kind of were brought into the revenue growth platform thinking where mm -hmm. we have a almost like an engine-like engine, engine -like type of uh, operating model. Exactly. So we should have a model where we can think that, okay, these parts can be automated and therefore they should be automated. Then there are parts that uh, are requiring still the human touch. Mm. There are things that people want to avoid just pure digital experience. They want to have a, a custom, for example, in customer um, uh, support, you sometimes you are willing to accept if there is an easy resolve easy to resolve your your problem but sometimes you your first thing is okay if you don't find it from google i want to call to somebody mm. so it's a combination of things and mm. uh, we have uh, some thoughts at the moment what we want to test with our audience that uh, how they could be uh, organized as a framework and put together with the help of technology so that we can have a high automation in the parts where it can be and then a human touch in the right place, right right time, right manner. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the key topics during our project, this use of automation and we're going to be using, we're moving into, uh, as Mark Benioff says, uh, AI first world. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a super interesting uh, yeah. one of the biggest topics that we're going to go into. But hey, before we get into the changing business models and how customers are changing and where we've come so far with our thinking for this framework, let's 
get into uh, our background a little bit, mm. Sami. You've been working a long time with technology. Walk us through your uh, work experience. I've been working now past 10 years with Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And I started as a sales engineer. Three years I did that one. And then I, uh, I, 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 I was as an account executive. And now I'm working as a sales leader. And um, throughout the whole time with Salesforce, I've been, of course, um, trying to set the technology to help our customers to perform better and and do they things better do they marketing better do they sales better do they customer experience and management better and um, that has been such a journey such a great time to see our customers benefiting them that and and often i hear when we get new customers they are saying that hey we should have been starting already five years ago but we want to do in one year what they have achieved now in five years. So mm. world is, they, they want to be speedier. But um, before Salesforce, I actually was um, a CRM consultant. Mm. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so I was helping um, uh, larger customers with their CRM problems, CRM implementation, CRM process and sales process changes. We could say sales transformation. The largest um, mm. project where I was involved was um, the merger of two Nordic telcos, telco companies, and they sales uh, from both sides, Sweden, Sweden and Finland, combined together with shared processes, with shared tools, and you can imagine how, what kind of things there were happening and, and <laughs> how how things were evolving from there. So it was a quite quite a good school to the organization, human behavior, and then at the end of the day also technology, how it can support and how it can actually uh, be good or be bad in certain situations. And before that I have been working in the engineering and my background is actually I'm an electrical engineer from my education and um, okay in past five years, I've actually been studying also business and international marketing. Yeah, so you have an engineering background and been working a long time with technology. Uh, that's funny because that, you know, I a little bit over ten years ago, I had my first sales job, and we actually, I was selling a, in this first sales job, I was selling kitchen equipment companies, and the company I started with was not very technologically savvy we actually had a telephone book that they gave us about 10 years ago mm. uh, so that's how I got I got started but right after that I became super interested in in uh, web analytics and, and digital marketing yeah. and uh, I was actually so interested in, in web analytics that I was thinking about it, pursuing a career uh, in that but I did a lot of interviews at that point and uh, everyone thought it was actually a good idea that I got into sales uh, so I'm I'm happy I'm happy that was the outcome because after that I've been uh, working as a account executive at a at a marketing agency. I've been a, a sales leader there as well, and I've been uh, working for a Salesforce partner, also doing sales, and uh, that's actually how how we met working for a Salesforce uh, partner, the one yeah. you've been working for for Salesforce. Yeah. And uh, hey, Jan. May I ask, where do you get your inspiration? So, the new ideas, new thoughts. Mm. 
Well, could be a, a lot of different sources from that, from the ins- inspiration. Mm. Are you listening to podcasts? I do. I listen to podcasts. I look audiobooks. at a lot of audiobooks. Books, Absolutely. Audible is, is amazing. Amazon's Audible. I use, use that. Um, follow people on LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, there's some people I've, you know, when you read, read what uh, a book you know, on Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. I mean, that's pretty inspiring. Yeah, certainly is. Yeah. How these people have been uh, transforming several different industries. Yeah. So if they can do it, anybody can do it. Exactly. Yeah. My actually, at the moment, I'm listening lots of podcasts as well. Mm. One of the very interesting podcasts is actually the brutal truth about sales and selling. Mm. It's a B2B podcast, and uh, that's a hugely successful very good good five minute glimpses and then a little bit longer interviews very good topics and then of course reading business literature or mm. any other books that's a good source of inspiration it's a uh, very much things at the moment happening and um, all of these things chaotic, almost chaotic things in, mm. in the business world Everybody talking that how things are getting speeder and actually Risto Silas, my one podcast, was saying that uh, he said that uh, we are living the slowest day of our lives and every day after this is getting just uh, faster mm. in the in the pace of things happening and technology uh, and, and, and things kind of uh, evolving. So it's a kind of... Uh, inspiring time from that sense that how we can actually mm. take advantage of that take a, take a benefit of that in our businesses mm. and our customers businesses and how we can help them with that mm. yeah and for those of you who don't know Risto Silasma is he's the, the founder of F-Secure uh, um, cyber security and IT security company also the, mm. the chairman uh, chairman I believe of uh, Nokia at yes. the moment uh, so yeah, so topics. You said business world is chaotic, things are speeding up here. But what's actually been uh, causing the change? I mean, if you like, let's or let's disruption. say disruption like, is the one word. Mm. But what's it's a key what, thing? And 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 without, let's say not without. Let's not get into the why. We know what's been happening in the past years, but let's look at. How business models, mm-hmm. if we look into that specifically, how are business models changing? Yeah. I've been really happy to be part of this Salesforce journey. Mm. Salesforce as a company, they have uh, transformed the businesses are purchasing software. Mm. Earlier they were purchasing licenses, now they are purchasing subscription. Mm. And uh, while doing that, they are purchasing or subscribing, we mm. should say, to something that is creating constant value and, mm. and, and, and kind of continuous value. Mm. So uh, that has been a tremendous business model change from mm. the past in this software industry. Mm. But um, at the same time, we are seeing that this type of um, subscription is uh, something that um, many other companies would like to go into. Especially, they would like to um, purchase 
something uh, with this pay-as-you-go model, mm. so that they would pay only of what they are using, mm. not like a investing capital first and then hoping that they are mm. getting and gaining some kind of benefit. Yeah. So I think that uh, in B2B context, this uh, coming of subscription to whatever is the, the industry, mm. it's a kind of uh, thing that is... Um, yeah, that's that's the that's grounds for our framework actually. Mm. This framework, it's a the revenue growth platform. Mm. So it's a it's a something that um, has caused the situation. Yeah, and pushed many many customers to either uh, many of the companies to either offer something through subscription or then see that somebody some other company coming to their playground and offering the subscription to your customers yeah but this subscription thing is a is a it's a tough thing because you have to prove your value to the customer every day mm -hmm. yeah you you need to give a little bit of uh, free candy first and then if it's uh, if you like it if your customers liking that maybe then they can purchase it and start using it yeah it's a very changed way of thinking because before you'd have a really long sales process, you'd have a, a super big deal, you'd get a sign off on it, uh, close a big deal, and then mm. you could, uh, you didn't have to make sure that the customer was succeeding anymore after that. But hey, yeah. do you think, do you think that, you know, Spotify, Netflix, do you think these big changes in how consumers and all of us are buying services as private citizens that this is affecting how B2B companies are changing their business models. I think that uh, human is a one human. It's uh, either working or mm. it's uh, consuming something. Then Spotify, Netflix, we are consuming something in businesses. We are consuming something that is bringing value to us and helping us to bring value to our customers. Mm. So certainly... Uh, there are already there's been but more to come such a services mm. that you can subscribe into so whatever they are they like in the heavy manufacturing they are mm. the uh, performance guaranteeing service mm. what you as a customer you subscribe into yeah and then your vendor is actually guaranteeing that you will get a certain output and uh, with certain SLA, mm. so that you you can do your business without uh, interruption, mm. and that's a subscription model basically. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty deep strategic partnership that needs to be established for something mm. like that to happen. Yeah, can be, but also it can be that that um, there are multiple vendors who can provide that subscription. Then it's actually coming to the to the point of your kind of um, coexisting with that vendor so mm. how the vendor is listening to you and how they mm. are actually developing this service what you are using or mm. subscribe to mm. uh, along the journey with mm. you. and this is also something that we're going to be simplifying through the revenue growth platform framework right yeah yeah sure we will put that to something easy to understand and uh, easy to describe way so that our customers can really put it to the heart of their businesses.
Okay, so now that we're, we can kind of move on over to the topic of uh, what the elements of our framework are and what, what our thinking goes into, what the revenue growth platform actually consists of, uh, I thought it would be interesting to approach this topic as, as to an observation that I think myself and many others have made. Uh, there's a, a big evolution in, in, in sales. And, you know, some are talking about social selling. Others, it's all about cold calling. You have your inbound, outbound. Some people know more B2B or B2C. It's just H2H. I think it's all kind of funny how everything's so polarized. But the main thing is there's change in the air. And some people think automation's the answer to everything. Some people say human touch. And our answer, our, mm. our thoughts behind this is that we, we should have a framework that combines the best of both so that we can maximize human potential with the help of uh, technology. And that's what the model yeah. is really all about. So walk, walk us through this thinking of how, how, how we can piece this together. Yeah. So first of all, whenever you first time touch with your customer, it's the customer starts the journey. Mm. So it, it's maybe not your customer at the time, mm. typically it's a prospect. prospect. Yeah. And, um, but, you with your message you have attracted them and um, maybe there is awareness and uh, and they have heard and they have a certain demand for your services but anyways there is some attractive message where you get your customer journey started actually so mm. with digital tools typically this is really automated part actually this is where you are capturing your customers digital footprint and using that to profile them and then source them with the right message at the right time so that you can actually start seeing the conversion and the conversion don't need to happen from the first point to the sale it need to go throughout the the thing small steps first you are in the, on the website or, or you see the um, advertisement in, in, in some site, you get that uh, interested, um, then you see that the next time somewhere, then you your friend is actually recommending that mm. in your social feed, and mm. things are starting to evolve from there, but at all of these places, you, your digital footprint is part of that, so mm. it's highly automated, It's there's a kind of, uh, many, many times, artificial intelligence in the background, which mm. is actually guiding you through to the next place. Mm. So as opposed to before when you either meet face-to-face -face or maybe see an advertisement in the newspaper, now there's hundreds if not thousands of places where you could be connecting with customers. Exactly, yeah. But uh, then from that, that uh, phase of um, you kind of being starting to be aware and you started to be tracked, your digital footprint, you might have uh, the first connection so the automation can proactively at the right time connect with you with notification, for example, through the app or through the email, mm. through the social feed. But that's a connection, what is happening. And uh, that is actually where we move on to the next level of things. So you either then react to the connection or then you don't. And uh, until you react to the connection or then until we or the automation um, <clears throat> notice that okay this is no no sense to 
pursue forward with this topic, with the, this, uh, this specific prospect, um, things are evolving and happening in the background. And this is still very highly automated. So this is basically the marketing automation, what's happening with mm -hmm. most of us as a consumers when we do uh, anything related to our life in the digital world. So this is what we're going to talk. And then uh, basically from there on, if when you get the connection and when you get the reaction, mm. you basically, hopefully, at the success end of successful sales journey, you get the conversion. Mm. You get the deal closed. Mm. And um, then you get the customer. It's not anymore prospect, it's a customer. But um, all this, like, uh, from... Building awareness and attracting your customer, connecting with them, converting them to 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 a real customer. This there are lots of things that can be enhanced in all of this new business funnel management, the pipeline management, in in the analog touch and digital touch management. So lots of things can be happening throughout this this cycle of the customer journey. But now when we are talking about these subscriptions, so like you mentioned Netflix or Spotify or whatever, when they got into this point that they get you for first maybe as a free user using the trial, the 30 days trial or something, oh. then paying the basic payment or pay basic subscription, then that is the... the uh, thing when the, the revenue growth platform starts ticking. So you start basically either contributing with data or then contributing with money to the platform. Yeah, so if you're um, not paying, then you're the product yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but before that happens, we, we, you basically need to handle a couple of um, the things that you are successful. And we, in the book, we want to describe those as well. So onboarding is really important part so you get attracted about this product you start using it but if you are not well onboarded mm. okay the experience sucks and mm. you drop the service and you don't you don't use it anymore mm. so um, we put together the in a framework the, the very good manner of doing this mm. onboarding and uh, with high automation, but the right balance of your human touch, so that the people really get the best experience. Mm. So this onboarding could be how you use your, how you maximize when you're using a Spotify app, how you're getting the most out of your yeah. music experience, or the hints what you receive by yeah. email, or about this and how you get more out of that, uh, things that you were not aware of right. that you actually subscribe to, and the automation in background notice that okay. He or she is not utilizing this, but our statistics say that when we get that that kind of feature in use, mm. the the stickiness or adoption, mm. which is the next phase, it's actually increasing mm. with certain percentage. So the stickiness now we can kind of bring this into a B two B context. It can it can be if you're buying accounting services or outsourced CFO services. It could be about how you maximize the relationship there, mm. how you use the, the accounting services, or it could be a, a crushing machine in the mining industry, how you mm. operate how you operate and use it to maximize your output. 
mm-hmm. it can be any anything. Yeah, on, that's onboarding, um, right? Yeah. That's um, successful onboarding. You can do it, mm. but um, how can you do it? So mm. I've seen so many companies doing the sales transaction mm. and then not taking care of that part. And that's then, what the after sales department is for. No, <laughs> and that should be then the philosophy of the. Yeah platformized uh, yeah. way of working so therefore it's really important part and then um, the onboarding uh, actually the next phase is adoption increasing the adoption so if you are not selling more you need to make sure that the subscriber has adopted as much as they can from the value that you can offer mm-hmm. so um, that is a essential part mm-hmm. and you as a vendor you should actually monitor very carefully that how your customer is getting that value what you can offer them so this almost goes into the product development that we need to think of this in the product development research and development phases there is a direct feedback to your product development in best cases that okay we have offered we have actually developed we have invested for development and we have developed this and this feature but if nobody is adopting or using mm. it, okay, it was wasted money. So adoption and measuring the adopt- adoption is the essential part of the journey. And then it comes to the end of the first subscription. So typically you either subscribe to monthly or then like a annual subscription. Mm. So at the end of this term, you need to make sure that there is a renewal happening. So it's a that's an essential part, mm. and how what are the best practices to do the renewal? Mm. So, okay, you have captured lots of data about your customer usage. You can actually prove them that okay they have received value, or in the best case actually they automate uh, uh, sorry renew throughout the automation full automation. Mm. They don't even think that they should be renegotiating your service with you or something. Again, it's just the automation and uh, next term subscription. Mm. That's the kind of um, essence of part what we will describe in the book, that how to do successful renewals management. And then when you are in the journey that uh, you have proved yourself, your, cu- your customer is really subscribed to your value stream, let's say so, how to grow. How to offer more when you have make sure that they have been onboarded, they have they have adopted almost what they can adopt from your service, and then then you want to grow. Okay, in the Spotify world, you had a actually great example that the, mm. the next next kind of package what you can take mm. was it uh, the family pack family package multiple yeah. subs- multiple yeah. users at the same time yeah so things like that from the consumer world but uh, in the b2b world it's more much more easier than to kind of uh, put constraints mm. to the packages what the customer is subscribed to or benefiting mm. to and uh, and uh, and then have active sales and actually promotion of those packages so that they can actually subscribe more mm. into your services and pay more 
the monthly fee or yearly fee what they are paying. paying. Mm. So I think these are uh, our preliminary thoughts at this point mm. about the framework. We've already mm. drawn up several versions of it. We have a lot of studying and benchmarking and a lot of interviews to be doing. I think the interviews are going to be a key part uh, yeah. key part of this. Absolutely. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up our yeah. first podcast. There's going to be many more to come. Join us uh, for this journey and uh, subscribe to our blog, order our newsletter. We look forward to, uh, to hearing from you if you have any feedback or thoughts as to what you think must be in a B2B framework that can be of help to almost any B2B companies. We want it to be simple enough that it can help anybody, but not too simple because we do realize that there's many different types of business models in the B2B world, and this has to be something where anybody can look uh, at certain elements and where they can start building up this platform for growth. So thanks for, uh, for listening, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.